This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 169. Three conversions everyone needs. At an Alpha conference, someone handed me a scrap of paper with a note describing what had happened to her friend. This is what she wrote. Sue, who was not a Christian, was attending a rehab clinic for people with severe respiratory problems. She had a chronic condition, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that was getting progressively worse. The clinic meets at our church building. She arrived at her clinic, but there was no one there. She'd got the wrong date. She waited around and had a look through flyers about our next Alpha. She turned up at our course on Wednesday evening. She soaked it all up and was full of excitement and interest. She came to church on the Sunday and was back again on the Wednesday. It suddenly clicked for Sue that Jesus is God, a huge piece of the jigsaw for her. She gave her life to the Lord, dramatic. She called her sister to tell her that she'd become a Christian. And her sister was in the middle of a meeting with a friend to pray for Sue. She'd been praying for her for 25 years. The following Sunday, Sue came to church, came forward for prayer for healing, and was remarkably healed of her COPD. She'd been running up and down the stairs at home, off her medications, etc. She met with her physio at the medical clinic, who was astonished by what had happened to her. Remarkable difference. She'd been healed and has since prayed for and seen others healed, including one of cancer. On the 30th of April, Sue was baptised and brought over 150 friends and family to celebrate with her. She's having a huge impact on people, evangelising to everyone that will stand still long enough to listen. John Wimber often used to say that we all need three conversions, to be converted to Christ, converted to his church, and converted to his cause. Sue was obviously not only converted to Christ, but also instantly converted to his church and to his cause. Today's passages focus especially on this third conversion. From Psalm 74 Remember how the enemy has mocked you, Lord. How foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Passion for God's cause. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause, writes the psalmist. He's passionate about God's cause and sees, as we see today, people mocking and even reviling God. He cries out to God, don't forget us. Remember your promises. It can be easy to become downhearted when we see people attacking God's cause. The best way to respond is with passionate prayer. Bring your frustrations to God. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamour of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continually. Lord, as we look around at our society today, we see many who mock and revile your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. May your name be glorified. May your kingdom come. New Testament from Acts 12 and 13 On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god! not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, 
an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They travelled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for that was what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Pursuit of God's cause. Ultimately, nothing can stop God's cause. Herod had success, popularity, power, and great wealth. The people flattered him and shouted, This is the voice of a God, not a mere mortal. However, that was the last straw. God had had enough of Herod's arrogance and sent an angel to strike him down. Herod had given God no credit for anything. Down he went, rotten to the core, a maggoty old man. If ever there was one, he died. This is contrasted with the word of God, which, unlike Herod's life, does not end, but the word of God continued to increase and spread. It grew in leaps and bounds. We see a similar situation as God's cause flourishes despite opposition once more. Saul, who was also called Paul, and Barnabas were confronted by a charlatan called Bar-Jesus, who was as crooked as a corkscrew. He tried to stop the proconsul being converted to Christ. Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, looked him straight in the eye, confronted him with his schemes to cheat people out of God. Bar-Jesus was struck blind, and the proconsul became a believer, full of enthusiasm over what they were saying about the Master. Bar-Jesus' attempts to thwart God actually achieved precisely the opposite to what he had hoped. The early church was determined to find out what God was doing and join in. They gathered together to worship the Lord and fast. While they were doing this, the Holy Spirit spoke to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they would fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 
Barnabas and Paul were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. They were pursuing his cause. They proclaimed the word of God. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Even the proconsul, an intelligent man, was amazed at Paul's teaching about the Lord. It's so important that you seek God's guidance and help in your ministry and in your life. With God on your side, you can achieve so much more than you could ever dream of in your own strength. Lord, please speak to me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to know what you're calling me to do. I want to proclaim the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and pursue your cause with passion. Old Testament from 1 Kings 3-5 to God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who'd heard of his wisdom. Purpose in God's cause Solomon was called to serve the cause of God in a special way. David had served God's purpose in his own generation. However, he was not allowed to build the temple. God gave that calling to Solomon. Your son, who I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. Solomon needed great wisdom in order to fulfill his calling. He had prayed for wisdom. God answered his prayer more than he could ever asked or imagined. God promises to give you the same kind of wisdom if you ask for it. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask for wisdom in these areas. First, wisdom in decision-making. God gave him wisdom to administer justice. When given the impossible task of deciding to which mother a baby belongs, he comes up with an ingenious idea. The threat of the death of the surviving baby is enough to reveal who the true mother really is. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Second, wisdom in choosing a team. Solomon gathered around him a leadership team for his government. This included priests, managers, friends, secretaries, historians, and the commander of his army. There were 11 in all, making a team of 12. It's a similar size to Jesus' core team, the 12 disciples. It seems to be about the right size for a leadership team. Third, wisdom in delegation. In addition to this, Solomon had another team of 12 regional managers distributed through Israel. This included two of his own sons-in-law. Delegation is absolutely key to avoiding burnout and carrying out a leadership role. Fourth, wisdom in peacemaking. Under his leadership, there was so much growth that the people became densely populated. Nevertheless, all their needs were met. They ate and drank and were happy, and they had peace on all sides. They lived in safety. Fifth, Wisdom in insight and discernment. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand 
on the seashore. His fame spread. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. People from all nations came to listen to his wisdom. Solomon had the wisdom to know when to accept help from those who were not part of the people of God. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as he had promised him. Sixth, wisdom in pursuing God's cause. Solomon had the vision to build the temple in order to see God's name honoured. One of the ways in which you can pursue God's cause today is by seeking to see the church, the new temple, built up in order to bring honour to God's name. Lord, please give us wisdom in order to fulfil our calling. Help us bring honour to your name and advance the cause of Jesus on earth. Pepper adds, 1 Kings 4.24 He, Solomon, ruled over the kingdoms west of the river, from Tifsa to Gaza, and had peace on all sides. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, lived in safety, everyone under their own vine and fig tree. This must be one of the few times in Israel and Judah's history where there was peace and safety in the whole region. Wise governance really can change a nation. Peace and safety are desperately needed in so many countries around the world. We need to keep on praying for wise leaders to arise.